Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To this show Listen let me start with a, an apology This episode is coming out late Not my fault <laughs> Alright I recorded this like I was supposed to Did a whole app Right after I finished the recording process I went back Try to, to put the finishing touches Come to find out there was a technical issue And after about the first five minutes It was nothing but horrendous static Distortion It was insane It was disgusting So I had to start over again So I started over again Started recording again Did the whole thing over And again the same problem happened so that's why it's late. So I had to go make some tweaks, figure out some things, try to get this thing right uh, in a timely fashion to make sure I could get it to you before the weekend's game. So that's why we're here today. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'll Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, John, by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. You, can, you you guys have no idea how mad I was when I recorded the whole episode. And then it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't take. And then I did it again and the same thing happened again. It's almost as if the sports gods are telling me, don't put this episode out. Not this one. But I got news for you. I'm here, I'm back, I'm doing it again. Let's get right into it. Michigan is a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> Where else did you think I was going to start? fraudulent cheaters get them out of here in all seriousness look there's two types of people in the world the people who hear of the cheating scandal with michigan and the sign stealing and say everybody's stealing signs you still gotta stop them on the field Ah, everybody's doing it not that big a deal and then you have the others who stand firm on if you broke the rules Suffer the consequences. Now me, does everybody steal signs? I don't know. I'm not a coach. But apparently, according to everything, yes. And just this morning, which I'm really glad that the show got delayed because I have even more information. Just this morning, I saw a report that apparently Ohio State went to TCU before the playoff game last year and told them, hey, Watch out, they be stealing signs. They doing some funky stuff over there. Right? Gave him a heads up. So this dude, Connor Stallions, apparently has bought tickets for over 30 games over the past three years. Tickets to 11 different Big Ten schools. Apparently, the NCAA has gotten uh, video evidence of electronics being used that were prohibited by NCAA rule. Now, again, what we're talking about is not on the sideline trying to decipher and steal signs in real time. We're talking about someone going out to games weeks before, even months before you ever face this team, filming their sidelines And then going back and study to pick apart the signs so that when you go into the game with them, you say, we know the signs. Here's this. Here's this. A picture came out of some chart that had the breakdown of the signs. (laughs) Like It was crazy. (laughs) 
for something to be so detailed, so deep, so so just yeah. For them to be so sloppy as to get caught like this. Hey, look, I am of the mind of regardless of if everybody's doing it, you broke the rules. You broke them. You cheated. It don't matter if everybody else is doing it. You got caught. You got to eat that. Now, for me, it's a little more humorous and it's a little more enjoyable because it is Michigan. Because uh, Jim Harbaugh came out talking about starting on third base all that stuff to Ryan Dagg, and then here you go, you cheated. And also, I think for a Michigan fan who is riding high after beating Ohio State the last two years, feeling like, hey, it's it's all about us now, you're sitting in a good spot this year, we'll get into this year in a moment, but you're sitting on top of the world, you feel like Michigan's back. And to have it all come down and have little old me... And every other Ohio State fan able to jab you in the ribs and twist the knife by saying you had cheat to beat Ohio State. True or not, don't matter. <laughs> don't matter if it's true. We just know if we say it to you, it's going to burn you up. Hey, let me say this. All the cheating in the world ain't going to help you this year. No, no, no. There's a storm coming. There's a storm coming. So I said I wanted to talk about Michigan in this year and get into it a little bit because here's what I'm going to say. Michigan is being unanimously loved. Uh, Sports media loves Michigan. Uh, The voters love Michigan. Everybody loves Michigan. But here's what I'm going to say about Michigan. I think Michigan is a bunch of frauds. A bunch of frauds. Because, yes, they're beating everybody. They're dominating teams. They look unstoppable. Until you look a little closer. And then you realize Michigan hasn't beat a ranked team. No one on Michigan's schedule is, is, is ranked so far. Haven't beat a ranked team. Okay, that's fine. Hey, hey you, the schedule is the schedule, right? What are you going to do? Well, here's another thing. Four out of the eight teams they've played have a losing record or a 500 and the one team that's 500 bowling green they're four and four other notable opponents include indiana at two and five michigan state at two and five and east carolina at one and six so half of their schedule is 500 or worse Mm. Mm -mm mm-mm-mm And probably their biggest win, you would probably say, is Rutgers. When the hell has Rutgers (laughs) been considered a good win for anybody? Am I off? That's your big win. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You got UNLV. Six and one UNLV. That's your biggest win. Oh, congrats. UNLV and Rutgers, your two biggest wins on your schedule. Mm. Put them at number one. Four out of your eight opponents average less than 20 points a game. Translation, you're not going against any good offenses. In college football, averaging 20 points a game, light work. Light work. So half of your schedule 
averages less than 20 points a game. You want me to be impressed that your defense looks great? You ain't playing no high-powered offense. No one. What's even crazier, every opponent, all, all eight teams that they've played, All eight teams they've played average their total 23 points a game. 23 points a game. Your opponents average 23 points a game. You're not going against any high-powered, high-quality offenses. 23 points a game? 23 points a game? All right, let's put it in perspective. Let's put it in perspective. Because that's what we like to do, right? It's what we like to do. All right. Hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to find an example for y'all so you can see. Ooh. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Okay, here we go. We would all agree. We would all agree that Ohio State, every one of you have told me Ohio State, they they struggling. They don't look that great. Offense looks eh, not as explosive, right? So I just told you, Michigan's opponents average 23 points a game. Ohio State is averaging 34. So if Ohio State is a non-explosive, struggling offense. In college football, they average 34. You're playing teams that average 23. So what the hell do those offenses look like? Don't come to me talking about how Michigan's so great when they're literally beating up on a weak schedule and bad offenses. Stop. They're holding their opponents to 17 points below their average. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Is it incredible? No. Why? Because let's, again, compare them to a team who has a far better resume, who has two top 10 wins, not just ranked teams, two top 10, one of which coming on the road, whose opponents average 31 points a game, and they're holding them to 21 points below their average. That team would be Ohio State. We look at Ohio State and say, nah, they're not number one. They're not number one, even though their defense has actually been tested. Michigan hasn't played a team with an offense like Maryland. They haven't played a team nearly as good as Notre Dame, and they damn sure haven't played a team as good as Penn State. Now, you might try to, Penn State's not that good. They were overrated. Were they, or did they just go up against a really good team? But you want to talk to me about Michigan should be number one. You want to talk about Michigan's going to be, they're going to, oh, they're going to, they're going to walk all over Ohio State. Ohio State, they, they don't look good. They might not look good, but they are a million times better than anyone that Michigan has played thus far. Michigan's beaten up on a bad schedule, a bunch of bad teams, a bunch of mediocre at best offenses, and you're falling for the okie doke. Michigan, oddly enough, Michigan looks just like Ohio State did a couple years ago. The last two years. Ohio State's defense looked unbelievable. And then they got into the meat of their schedule and they started going against the really good teams. And then they started giving up a bunch of big plays. Remember? Do y'all remember? 
That's exactly what's happening to Michigan now. You're beating up on a bunch of bad teams. You're thinking you're really good, and you're going to go up against a really good team. And you're going to get, and you're going to get, it's going to look different. It's going to look different. So buy in if you want to. I'm not buying in. They're frauds. And that's not, that's not just opinion. That's fact. That's data. I gave you the information. Trust the information. Now let's talk about that big, impressive game, Ohio State versus Penn State, the top 10 matchup. This was it. This was going to be the one. Two takeaways from that game. Number one, that game came down to just two things. Number one, that Ohio State defense is incredible. I know we try to talk about how, ah, is it really that good? Who have they played? Who have they played? Okay. That game, they were incredible. And the second thing, Ohio State has Marvin Harrison Jr. and no one else does. Sometimes it's that simple. He finished with 11 catchers, 162 yards, and a touchdown. And I'm telling you, if you watch the game, he made so many big third down catches. In a time of need, they got a guy they can go to. You don't. But the biggest takeaway has to be the defense, right? So they gave up one of 16 on third down. Penn State was one of 16 on third down. They gave up 240 yards of total offense, and let's be honest, the reality is 73 yards came on their final drive when it was a little over two minutes left. Ohio State was up by two scores, and come on. Honestly, garbage time doesn't quite matter. Let them drive up the field. Who cares? We already won this game. It's over. 73 yards in that final drive. So going into the final drive, going into the final two minutes of the game, Penn State had a whopping 167 yards of total offense. That is nuts. Nuts. That defense is fantastic. And... Because of the games they've already played, I don't feel like, oh, what's going to happen when they go against a good team? What's going to happen when they go against a good offense? I don't have that dread. I don't have that nervousness that we've had in years past because we've seen them. We saw them on the road versus Notre Dame. We saw what that looked like, what that defense did. You saw them versus Penn State. You saw them versus Maryland when Maryland was undefeated and everyone agreed Maryland should be ranked. You saw it. This team is good. I've said it reminds me a lot of 2002, and as the season goes on, more and more it reminds me of 2002. A team that's going to play really good defense, good special teams. Offensively, it's not always going to be pretty. But they seem to make the big play right when they need one. They seem to do just enough. And they keep stacking these wins. These tough wins. These wins where you look at it and say, ah, it's not that impressive. Don't have to be impressive. What's impressive is they keep coming through. And that, my friends, is what you call opportunistic. And now, mark timestamp this. Because what I'm about to say, I never thought I would say in a million years. If you had told me I was going to have this take six weeks ago, I would have told you you're out of your mind. 
But it's time for old John to be honest, non-biased, and and admit some things. Number one, I've been a hater. Okay? Guilty as charged. Not on everything. Not on most things. Most things, I'm not a hater. But I have been a hater on Florida State. I have. I just have. Right? They beat LSU. I picked LSU to make the playoff. Right? They beat LSU, and it's like, eh, okay, whatever. I throw, I throw it. Not going to get too high or too low on either side. Right? Whatever. It is what it is. I then thought that they would lose to Boston College. This is a game they typically lose. Are they going to be able to win this one? Typically, they lose this one. Again, hate. Hater. And I, I guarantee the loss to Clemson. And what did I do? I came in here. I made excuses like, oh, they almost had it. They needed da 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 The game shouldn't have been close. That's not what you said. You said they were going to lose. Right? Then I picked them to lose to Duke, and then Riley Leonard gets hurt, and I said, oh, and immediately I'm thinking, oh, see, that's they say they so lucky. And that's when it hit me. The epiphany hit me. This team is not lucky. This team is opportunistic. This team, this Florida State team takes advantage of every single break that comes up in the game. Every time you give them a break, they capitalize. They take advantage of it. If this were Ohio State doing the same thing, I would be singing their praises. So the only reason why I'm not singing the praises of Florida State is because I hate. (laughs) Well, I can hate no more. I'm in. I'm in. They beat Duke. They beat LSU. They struggled versus Boston College. They struggled versus Clemson, but they pulled out the W's in both of those games. Here's what I know. When you win those close games, it builds character, it builds confidence. If you ever get in a close game again, you no longer panic. You've been there, you've done it, you have a comfort level in there. They've won on the road, they've won at home, they've won versus rivals. They've done everything you would want them to do. This team, mark this, Florida State is on a collision course with Ohio State in the national championship. I'm calling it now. Florida State will play Ohio State for the national championship. I'm saying it. Both teams have tough, gritty, check check it. Do you, do you grab that internal fortitude? A gut check game. They each have one of those. A game where another team is playing above their heads and you're just like, oh, this game's way too close. Not comfortable here, but you pull it out. That's it. Both of these two teams are gritty. They're tough. They both have a chip on their shoulder, it seems like. These two teams, when they get into a playoff scenario, they're going to be incredibly comfortable in that win-or-go-home thing, in that in that uh, the pressure-filled moment. They're going to be so comfortable in a way that no other team is going to be. I'm calling Florida State, Ohio State National Championship Book it. Let's move on now to other college football talk. So I came in a few weeks ago and I made a statement uh, that that probably on its own sounds insane. And some people, you know, yourself included, you may have just brushed it off as you're an idiot. But I said, there's something I just don't, I'm not buying into Caleb Williams. 
I'm not. And I said, when he goes against bad teams and he's able to run around, run around, run around, and then throw it to a wide open guy, he looks fantastic. But what happens when they go against good teams and good defenses? It just don't look the same. I had nothing to back it up. I had no stats or information to give you when I said it. I just said, eh, that's just what it looks like to me. Right? Some of you might have thought it was crazy. So, everyone knows Utah versus USC was a big-time game on Saturday. Everyone was watching it. If you weren't watching it, you missed out. What an incredible game. Utah shows up time and time again. Those games with USC, like, man, must watch TV. But a graphic came up. So I'm on my couch. I'm lounged out. I'm chilling, not thinking nothing, just watching the game, just enjoying it as a fan, just as a fan. And bam, graphic comes up. I jumped out my seat. I paused the TV. I grabbed my phone. Boom, took a screenshot. I said, I need this. I need to save this graphic. I need to talk about it on the show. So the graphic was, Caleb Williams versus non-top 25 defenses. He completes 70% of his passes, 317 yards a game, 78 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. That's fantastic. That's generational talent. That's number one pick. That's by far, clear and away, the best quarterback coming out in the draft. But on the right side of the graphic was how Caleb Williams looks and how he does versus top 25 defenses. 51% completion, ooh, 172 yards a game, oh, six touchdowns, six interceptions. Mm, 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 mm. Boy, I love being right. (laughs) Oh, I love when my eyeballs tell me something, and then you like, is it just me? Am I just seeing this wrong? And then all of a sudden, somebody brings up the corresponding data And you take your eyes, you take the data, and they match. That's when you know, it's not just me. This is a real thing. So I started doing the math. There's 32 teams in the NFL. Caleb Williams is going to be playing on one, so that means 31 teams. 25 minus 31 is six. So there'll be six teams in the NFL that won't be top 25 defense. He'll dominate those guys, right? But then the 25 other NFL teams he would struggle against, right? Hmm. Oh, hold on. That doesn't make any sense because the NFL is all the best of the best. So the worst NFL defense is still better than the best college defense, right? In theory. So if I were to say, hey, Caleb Williams might struggle in the NFL. Would I be crazy? Mm -mm. Not according to my eyeballs and according to the data, because the data shows you the better the defense, the more regular Caleb Williams looks. Hey, I'm not saying he won't be good, but if you think Caleb Williams is going to the NFL next year and is just going to light it up, you're dead wrong, number one. And number two, buyer beware. I'm not sold on Caleb Williams being the best quarterback in the draft. I'm not. Sorry. Pull up any Caleb Williams highlight package you want. 
And 90% of the plays are going to be run around, run around, throw it to a wide open guy. That's what you're falling in love with. Does he have arm talent? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He'd be, he'd be slinging that ball. He's slinging it. But there's a whole bunch of guys who could do that. There's guys in the NFL right now who could do that that you think, man, he sucks, though. So we've all agreed that that's not the golden standard. We don't just want the talented arm. You you got to have more than that. So I'm going to say buyer beware on Caleb Williams. Let's move on. Brock Purdy was getting a lot of heat this past week for his poor performance uh, versus the Vikings. And his poor by poor performance, I mean he was 21 of 30, 272 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. And a quarterback rating of 82. That's poor. I guess. I mean, I know a guy who just got paid where if he had that game, you'd probably think it was pretty good. Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'm throwing shots. Like I, I like to dig whenever I can. But now, I I was number one in the camp of Ah, Brock Purdy's just okay. He's benefiting from a really good roster and a good team and a great coaching staff, and he really don't have to do nothing. I was on that camp. I was I was leading. I was the conductor of that train. Then I came in here just last week and said, maybe, maybe, maybe we didn't get to see how good Brock Purdy was because of the system in college. And maybe... Because, you know, sometimes guys will be really good in college based on a system and then they come to the NFL and it's not the same. And you say, oh, he was good because of the system. Maybe it could have been the reverse for Brock Purdy. Maybe he is good. I don't know. And then he came out and he put up slight a slight stinker, not a complete stinker, because 21 to 30 is good. 272 ain't bad. The two picks, I could live without. But he wasn't terrible. And he was playing without Debo. Like, come on now. Anyway. It wasn't the worst. Why I bring this up is because the conversation in at least the first part of the week was, did Brock Purdy show you what he really is? Like, the I cannot tell you how much it bothers me that people ask the question, have the debates, convince themselves that he is something. And then when it turns out to be different, they come back in and ignore that they're the ones who presented it. Nobody was trying to call Brock Purdy top 10. Just you. Just you, sports media. Just you, ESPN. You guys wanted to have the conversation, is he a top 10 guy? And you all said, I, I think you got to put him in there. I think when you look at the stats and you look what he, you got to put him in there. Now you come back and say, ah, I think people are wrong about this guy. Who's people? It's you. You said it. So say, I was wrong about this guy. That's just a pet peeve of mine. But more importantly, let's talk about Brock Purdy, actually. So Brock Purdy, after the last game, has officially played 16 NFL games as a starter. His stats are as follows, 68% completion, 3,042 yards, 24 touchdowns, 7 picks, and a 107.2 rating. That is a good year. Not great, not unbelievable. That would be a good season. 
That's a season any fan would take from a quarterback. You wouldn't think this is a guy that can't get to a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, he's he's okay. Brock Purdy, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what he is. A healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. He's all right. He'll have moments where you say, oh, he's pretty good. He's never going to be great. You've never said Jimmy Garoppolo's great, but you've had games where you said, man, Jimmy Garoppolo's pretty good. He's going to win a bunch of games with the right team in the right system. Check. He can get you to a Super Bowl. Check. Can he win it? If it's not all on him. If it's not like, hey, go out there 55 times. We need you to throw it. Sling that thing around like pow, pow, pow. No, he's not that. But he's good enough. And isn't that okay? Don't, don't, don't crush the guy. Don't do that. I had a whole take on Jordan Love. Uh, but after recording this show twice, my the case I was making is people are bailing on Jordan Love already. Jordan Love's not great. I never thought he would be great. But I thought, could he match what Aaron Rodgers did his first year? Absolutely, he could. He can. But my point was, I guess I'll go into it. I was going to try to ignore it, but I'll go into it. Jordan Love is is not doing anything exceptional. He's not doing anything terrible. He's kind of just okay. I don't like that that people want to bail on him already. He hasn't even had a full year yet. Give him the full season and then evaluate it after the year. Because again, the way someone can start slow, maybe he's starting slow. Maybe they're going to open things up a little further down the line. Maybe this is a little like get your bearings, get more comfortable, and then he's going to bow. Maybe that's just it. Give him some time. Let him get a whole year of starting. Because when Aaron Rodgers started his first year, they were 6-10. And and Aaron Rodgers wasn't fantastic. Aaron Rodgers had plenty of games where he looked mediocre. That's all I'm saying. Give him a chance. He don't have to be Aaron Rodgers. But he could be better than what he's shown so far, and you got to give him some time. That's all I'm saying. Let's move on. Um, you know, because this episode is late, let's make some cuts. <laughs> let's make some cuts. I want to talk. Let me. I got two more things I want to talk about before I get out of here. I'm not going to hold you up too long. It's going into the weekend. You got games to watch. You probably, you know. A lot of this stuff is old news at this point. Again, my bad for the delay. Not my fault. Not my fault. Technical difficulties. Hopefully we got it worked out. I'll find out when I go to listen back to this episode. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say. Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins are all flash, no substance. They are frauds. You love them. You love them because they they, they score a bunch of points. Uh, Tyree Hill, the cheetah, he's the best MVP. They are frauds. Why? They have they have five wins on the year. They're five and two. They're five and two. You want to know something crazy? They've only played two teams with a winning record. Those were their two losses. Yeah. 
the five wins they have, none of those teams have a winning record. Not a one. They have not. They've played two teams with a winning record, and they lost both. Not convinced that it's all flash, no substance. Okay. In their win, in their five wins, they're averaging 520 yards a game, nine yards a pass, and only give up two sacks. They're converting on 47% of third downs. In their two losses versus the winning teams, 33% third down conversion. Only 319 yards, so 200 less yards per game against the good teams. Only six yards a pass. That's three less yards per completion. And they've given up eight sacks. Clearly, you see it with your eyes. They got beat up by Buffalo. Buffalo beat that ass. (laughs) And then they got beat up on by Philly. Two teams with winning records. Two good teams. You played them. You got beat. And beat pretty convincingly. Like it they were not, you were not the better team. And your five wins against losing record teams, against losing teams, oh yeah, you looked unstoppable. But when you go against the good teams, you get beat up on. To me, all flash, no substance. Continue to beat up on the bad teams, which they will. The good teams are going to give you trouble. Why? Because the good teams are good. Miami's good too. Don't get me wrong. Miami has good pieces. But Miami is not nearly as good as their record would say. They're not nearly as dominant as some of their games would say. They're beating up on bad teams like most good teams do. Don't buy into the hype. This team, all flash, no substance. I want to get into another topic that is a passion of mine. This quarterback controversy that is beginning to happen in New York is fascinating. Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, who should start? I love this (laughs) because it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's stupid because you know the best part about it? Because you can make an argument for each. But the truth is, neither guy has been fantastic. Neither guy has been great. Neither guy is doing anything that you would say, whoa, that's the guy. Both of them are like, eh, I guess. But here's what I'll say. Let's, again, you have to have the data, the stats, your eyes, Those two things have to match. If they match, then the stats are correct, your eyes are correct, you're right. If they don't match, you have to adjust one or the other. You have to factor in which one carries more weight. That's how this works. Daniel Jones was 1-4 as a starter. Tyrod Taylor was 1-1. They both have one win. Two games, small sample size. Let's throw a record out the window. Because if Tyrod Taylor had started all those games, we don't know if they would have won more than one game. So let's throw that one out. Fine. Tyrod Taylor has two touchdown passes in two games. Daniel Jones has two touchdown passes in in five games. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's, hey now, (laughs) 
That's something. That's something. I throw more touchdown passes in less time. Your eyes tell you when you watch Tyrod Taylor, he's pushing the ball downfield. He's getting it to Waller. He's getting it to guys. That's something. But it's even. So, hey, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, it's even. It's even. Okay. Tyrod Taylor is averaging 7.1 yards per attempt. Daniel Jones, 5.9. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trouble for old Danny Dimes. Why? Because your eyes tell you when you watch the game, hey, Tyrod Taylor's pushing the ball downfield. Well, the data confirms it. The data confirms it. He is pushing the ball downfield much more than Daniel Jones was. Okay. Okay. Let's go to quarterback rating. Tyrod Taylor has a 95.4 quarterback rating. Daniel Jones at 72. Uh Uh-oh! That's trouble. That's trouble for old Danny Dimes. Because me, I say, hey, Tyrod Taylor is not playing great. But darn it, it looks like he's playing better than Daniel Jones was. And the data also suggests the same thing. Right? So I started saying, oh, but you know what? It's not fair. Daniel Jones was struggling with the offensive line. That offensive line was giving him no time. The offensive line is playing better now. They're playing better now than they were for Daniel Jones. They're playing better. Okay. So you know me. I love being wrong. I love being wrong. It's fun. People call you an idiot. (laughs) You get to run in here and You know, being wrong is fun. There's no stakes. If I say Daniel Jones is going to suck Sunday, and then he, (laughs) and then he plays great, okay. So it's fun. Who cares, right? It's sports. Let's have fun. Get back to having fun. But but hey, sometimes I be right. So I want to just I just want to find out if I'm right. So I go back. I look up one of my favorite news stats, only because offensive line has become such a big deal. Pocket time. So the time from when you say, hut, 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 from the, <laughs> can you tell I've recorded this three times? I'm getting loopy. From the moment you say, hi, to the moment you release the ball, how much time do you have? Daniel Jones was getting 2.3 seconds, which sounds nuts, which sounds absolutely insane. Like who's making it? Who can do that in two seconds? Well, the league average is about 2.7. So he's not. Yes, it's less time, but it's not like everyone else has all day. And let's face it, it's not like that every single throw. Sometimes you have four or five seconds. Sometimes you have half a second. Like, it fluctuates. But 2.3 was his average. Tyrod Taylor, the offensive line is playing better. Tyrod Taylor, 2.1. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Not crazy at all. Tyrod Taylor is pushing the ball downfield, getting more yards per attempt, has thrown as many touchdowns, has a higher quarterback rating, and is doing it all in less time. 
He's playing better than Daniel Jones was. So when I said weeks ago, the offensive line is bad. But Daniel Jones is also playing bad. And if he were to elevate his play, he could be doing more than what he's currently doing. And all I heard was, you're an idiot. You don't know. You're a hater. And then insert Tyrod Taylor. He's doing more with the same part. Unless, unless you want to throw in the monkey wrench and the curveball that, well, Saquon's back. Oh. Oh, you're right. Saquon is back, isn't he? So then when Daniel Jones goes back, that's Daniel Jones walking back into the game. If he starts to look better than he did in the beginning of the year, don't come to me and tell me how good Danny Dimes is. Because I'm going to look at you and say, oh, what about the offensive line? Are they not bad anymore? Oh, what about Saquon? Doesn't he deserve the credit then? Because Daniel Jones looked like hot monkey poo. And if he goes back in there and looks better because Saquon's running the ball and the offensive line is doing whatever, then you can't give him all the credit. There you go. There you have it. Tyrod Taylor needs to start for the rest of the year. I'm moving off of Danny Dimes. Hey, ride the pine, homeboy. They signed, they got like the two guaranteed years, right? Like next year is guaranteed. And then after that, they can move off him. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. If I'm the if I'm the Giants, hey, I'm out. He's not our guy. Tyrod Taylor's going in there and looking better. Nah, that's our guy. We can do without Daniel Jones, which I now go back to last offseason. Why couldn't Tyrod Taylor start for you this year? Why couldn't you draft a quarterback and let Tyrod start, let Danny Dimes walk? Why not? Because you're a bad franchise. <laughs> Let's get into some picks before I get out of here. Uh, well, one of my picks was the Bills versus the Bucks. Um, but, hey, the show didn't come out, so that pick's gone. But I did pick the Bills to cover the eight and a half, and they didn't, so I was wrong. But since I didn't say it on the show, it doesn't count. Let's go Cowboys minus six and a half versus the Rams. Look, the Rams are coming off of a physical game. Cowboys are coming off of a bye week. Logic tells you Cowboys at home off a bye week, they're going to come out and be good. They're going to come out and be sluggish. I've seen it so many times. They're going to come out and be very sluggish and look terrible for the first quarter and a half, and then they're going to get a turnover or break or something's going to happen, and then they're going to kind of wake up, pop up. They win this game by a touchdown. Take the Cowboys to cover the six and a half. Jets versus Giants. This one is interesting. This one's interesting because they share a stadium. And let's be honest. The Giants share their stadium with the Jets. The Jets are the guests. The Jets are the ones who don't... It's not theirs. They're renting. That is the Giants' home. That's where... That's theirs. Okay? Jets... You are totally little brother. You are totally side chick. (laughs) It's not yours. You're not the main. So in a game like this, this is about pride. Jets are favored by three. 
Oh, the Giants don't like that. They don't like that. Zach Wilson is getting a whole bunch of love. They don't like that either. The Jets are the defense that's getting praised. Giants don't like that either. Here's one thing I'm going to promise you. The Giants will come out and play their best game. They'll play their best game here. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to make this quarterback controversy a little more clear. A little more clear that he's the guy. And I like the Giants to beat the Jets. Texans minus three versus Panthers. This is C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. Let me tell you something I know about C.J. Stroud. He's a really nice kid. Nice guy. Says all the right stuff. Seems to be like a little, a little nerdy, right? Like he not, you know, maybe doing his little dances. He's a nice guy. Very friendly, very respectful, very humble, good background, all that, right? But he's super competitive. I think knowing that the Panthers chose Bryce Young over him. Not, ah, we well, this system, we just think, no. They thought. Bryce Young was the better player. Ooh. Ooh. CJ didn't forget. He gonna remember that. And guess what? The Texans are a better team than the Panthers. They're a better team. I think those guys on the Texans, they really like CJ Stroud. I think he's a cool dude. Cool Cali kid. They like him. I think they gonna go out there. They got something for Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud is going to go out there to prove that he is the best quarterback. He's going to prove that the Panthers made a mistake. I like the Texans minus three. Chargers minus eight and a half versus the Bears. Look, Tyson Badgett came in last week and everybody loved him. Oh, he's look how great he's Division two. If you've ever needed an example of why expectations matter, that's it. He didn't have a great game. But he's coming from Division Two. You thought he was going to be absolute garbage, and he wasn't. So now you thought he was great. Expectations matter. Well, I got news for you. The Chargers coming off of a loss, they're going to beat the brakes off the Bears. Eight and a half, not enough. I like the Chargers. Let's move to college. We got Oregon versus Utah. I'm taking Oregon. I love Utah. Utah's tough, but... That win versus USC took a lot out of them. The fact that they got to get up to play an even better team in Oregon, I think it's a tall task. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I'm taking Oregon. Ohio State versus Wisconsin, take Ohio State. Even coming off of that big Penn State game, I think early this game is going to be a little rough, a little a little, a little, little low scoring. I think the offense of Ohio State, if they don't have Ibuka back or if they don't have Henderson back, it could be tough, but I love this defense for Ohio State. The defense alone, I think, is going to keep them in the game early. The offense is going to do what they always do, get some big plays late. I like Ohio State. UCLA versus Colorado. Colorado may not win another game, and they need to. They need to. I've never seen a team start off so high and then be so low just a few weeks later. All these young kids that wanted to come to Colorado Oh, we're going to recruit like crazy. If you're not winning, these young kids don't want to go. You might start losing some favor with these recruits. Because, yeah, you prime. But if you ain't winning, are you going to stay? Could backfire. They got to get a win. This is a win they got to get. They got to prove that they can compete and win versus the big boys. UCLA is really good, though. I'm taking UCLA. Louisville Duke. 
Duke coming off a really tough win. Riley Leonard, not sure if he's going to play. I'm actually going to go with Louisville in this game. I think I've been hating on them long enough. I'm going to give them some props. I'm going to pick them to win. USC versus Cal. This game, obviously, I'm picking USC. But what I'm really looking for is how does Caleb Williams look in this game? Does he bounce back? Does he look like his normal self? Or does he look a little weak? That's my time, y'all. Look, thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience. I truly apologize for the delay. But like I've said, we're not missing no more eps. That's short for episodes. We ain't missing no more. I'm delivering every week. So I did want to come in and make sure I did this. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope it was worth the wait for you. We'll be back at our normal time next week. I look forward to it. Look, if you're going to gamble on the games, gamble responsibly. Never gamble more than you can afford to lose. Have fun. Thank you for being part of this cyber family. Follow me on all social media, cyber underscore pod, S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D on all social media platforms. Go check out and follow me and subscribe on the YouTube channel with Cyber Network, S-I-B-R Network on YouTube for exclusive videos there. I love y'all and I'll see y'all next time.